friends, it's so good to see all of you tonight, wherever you're watching from or listening from, whether you're here on campus with us, with your small group, or if you're listening from home. I just want to say it's a joy to be able to be with you and to speak with you tonight. Uh, tonight, we're, we're going to wrap up our series that we've been in the whole month of June called Finding Faith. And the whole point of this series has been to help us find faith in the midst of chaos. And I think we would all agree right now, it really feels like there's a lot of chaos going on around us in our world. And so for us as believers, how do we, in the midst of this chaos, find our faith and stand strong on it? So we started out this series, just to kind of recap, we started it out by talking about Abraham and the faith that he had and how he had mountaintop faith and how he believed in miracles and how he was faithful to God, even when God asked him to do things that he questioned. And then we talked about Noah and how Noah had ridiculous faith and how he had faith even when it seemed crazy what God was asking him to do and even when the people around him thought it was completely ridiculous. And then last week we took uh, a different direction and we talked about controversial faith. And we talked about the faith of Mary. We talked about the faith of Joseph. And we talked about the faith of Jesus. And we talked about what it means to challenge culture versus conform to culture. And we talked about what does it look like for us as believers to not just believe in God, to not just partially follow God, but to fully submit, to fully follow God in everything that we do. And so tonight, we're, we're going to kind of continue our discussion from last week by talking about unpopular faith. And we're going to be talking uh, about a guy in the Old Testament named Daniel. And if you have your, your Bible, before we really get into the message, you can go ahead and turn to Daniel chapter 6, and we'll be in verses 6 through 16. You know, I think as we talk about unpopular faith tonight, I think we all have probably experienced, either personally or experienced someone else, being made fun of, being put down because of their faith, where we've seen faith be unpopular in today's society. And I think it's uh, faith today, in a lot of ways, is unpopular. I don't think that faith in today's modern society is popular at all. You know, I can think back to, to my time in high school as a student, and that was probably one of the first times that I really experienced faith being unpopular. And here's kind of the twist to it is I went to a Christian high school. And so for me, at a Christian high school, for faith uh, to be unpopular it kind of doesn't seem like it goes hand in hand. And I'll tell you the story. Uh, there was a girl in my class who, she had extraordinary faith, especially for someone who was in high school, the depth uh, of which she understood the word of God, the faith that she had. I mean, God consumed her life. God was her first and top priority in everything she did. If she wasn't talking about God, she probably wasn't talking at all. She just had a passion and a love for Jesus. But she was made fun of because of that passion. People thought her passion for Jesus, the way that she loved Jesus, was crazy. And they wanted her to be normal. And so her faith as a believer in a Christian school was unpopular. And I can only imagine that if when I was in high school at a Christian school for faith in one instance there to be unpopular, it's got to be unpopular in your school today and the world around you. I think back to even when I was in college and my junior year of college, I roomed, uh, had a roommate that looked me in the eye when I told him I was a believer in Jesus and he said, that's stupid. 
He said, your faith is stupid. What you believe is stupid. And so there I experienced unpopular faith and what it, it, what it feels like to have unpopular faith. And so I think uh, we as believers, we personally experience what it's like to have faith and for that to be unpopular, but we also see it around us. And when we see that faith, that unpopular faith, people being put down because of their faith, it can be really discouraging for us. So how do we live in a world that doesn't value faith? How do we live in a world and have faith when it's unpopular? And lucky for us, the Bible is just slap full from cover to cover of people who had faith and who were put down because of their faith. You know, we're going to talk about Daniel tonight, but we could go through all the prophets. We could go through all the disciples, all of the apostles in the New Testament, and all of them were put down because of their faith. For instance, most of the disciples, most of the apostles were killed because of their faith. And, And our Savior, our King, Jesus, was crucified because of his faith. So faith from, you know, right now and then all the way back through the centuries has been unpopular. So how do we cling to our faith when it's unpopular? And like I said, we're going to be in Daniel chapter 6, and we're going to read verses 6 through 16. So if you have your Bible, if you're taking in, taking notes, follow along with me. Daniel chapter 6, 6 through 16. Here's what the Word of God says. So the administrators and high officers went to the king and said, Long live King Darius. We are all in agreement, we administrators, officials, high officers, advisors, and governors, that the king should make a law that will be strictly enforced. Give orders that for the next 30 days, any person who prays to anyone, divine or human, except to you, your majesty, will be thrown into the den of lions. And now, your majesty, issue and sign this law so it cannot be changed, an official law of the Medes and the Persians that cannot be revoked. So King Darius signed the law. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with its windows open towards Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as he always had done, giving thanks to his God. Then the officials went together to Daniel's house and found him praying and asking for God's help. So they went straight to the king and reminded him about his law. Did you not sign a law that for the next 30 days, any person who prays to anyone, divine or human, except to you, your majesty, will be thrown into the den of lions? Yes, the king replied, that decision stands. It is an official law of the Medes and Persians that cannot be revoked. Then they told the king, that man, Daniel, one of your captives from Judah, is ignoring you and ignoring your law. He still prays to his God three times a day. Hearing this, the king was deeply troubled, and he tried to think of a way to save Daniel. He spent the rest of the day looking for a way to get Daniel out of this predicament. In the evening, the men went together to the king and said, Your majesty, you know that according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, no law that the king signs can be changed. So at last, the king gave orders for Daniel to be arrested and thrown into the den of lions. The king said to him, may your God, whom you serve, so faithfully rescue you. So here we have this guy named Daniel. And Daniel, throughout this whole book, is is really a focal figure, hence the, the book is named after him. 
But the way Daniel gets to this point where these officials are really trying to target him because of his faith is he has won favor with the king, and he won favor with the previous king, King Nebuchadnezzar, as well. And so Daniel was this respected person, and the other officials around him were jealous of the, the respect that the king gave him, the responsibility, the favor that the king gave him. And so to, to get what they thought they deserved, they had to get rid of Daniel. And so they went to the only thing that they could attack on Daniel, his faith. His faith became extremely unpopular here um, in the midst of everything else that was going on. So the first thing I think we need to look at if we're going to have unpopular faith is this. If you're going to have unpopular faith, you have to check your image. If you're going to have unpopular faith, you have to check your image. And you might be a little confused by this because normally if when we hear that you need to check your image, we're talking about you need to check your perception, right? Check how you are perceived. And oftentimes we're talking about how we are perceived by others around us. And I think that that would be fair for us to do if we are made in the image of man. I think if we were, were made in the image of man and were made by the world, that it would be completely fine for us to check our perception of how we are perceived by those around us. But here's the catch. In Genesis 1, uh, verse 27, it says that we are made in the image of God. And so when I say you need to check your image, I say you need to check how you are perceived by God. And I think we need, as, as believers, we need to really ask ourselves, whose approval do we really want? Whose approval are we really seeking? Whose approval are we really living for? Are we living for the approval of God? Or are we living for the approval of man? Because when we look at Daniel, it is very obvious what Daniel cared more about. It's very obvious that Daniel cared more about the approval of man the, or excuse me, the approval of God than the approval of man. Daniel did not care how he was perceived in the court of public opinion. Daniel did not care about how man, how the world perceived him. He cared more about the perception, the approval of his Lord, Jesus, God. And so we have to ask ourselves as believers, whose approval do we really want? Because Daniel understood this also. He understood that you will receive approval from the people that you serve. You will receive approval from the people that you serve. And so we see that Daniel got received approval from the Lord because he chose to serve the Lord. And Daniel did not receive approval from those around him because he chose not to submit. He chose not to serve them. In fact, it really came back to bite him in the butt. It, it really he got thrown into the den of lions because he refused to serve man and he chose to serve God instead. And a, a question that we often ask ourselves as well, can't I serve both? Can't I receive approval from God and receive approval from man? Can't I be liked by the world and receive righteousness and justification from God? Can't I serve both God and serve those around me? Can't I serve the world? Because we want to be liked by those around us. That's just our natural inclination. Nobody wants to be disliked. We uh, don't want to be disapproved of. We want people to approve of us. But when we look at the gospel of Matthew and the gospel of John, I think the answer is very clear for us. When we look at Matthew 
uh, chapter 6, verse 24, it says that you cannot serve two masters. Jesus says you cannot serve God and serve the world. And in the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verse 18, it's, Jesus says that don't be surprised when the world hates you because it hated me first. The Gospel of John says that the world hated Jesus. And so logically, I don't think that we could expect to find approval from both God and the world at the same time. I think it's a false expectation for us to walk through life thinking that we can receive approval from God and approval from the world. It's not possible. You can try your whole life to receive both, but it's not going to work. Because Jesus says it very clearly that you can only serve God or you can serve the world. You know, if we serve God, we're going to have to turn against the world as Jesus calls us to. Jesus calls us to be set apart. Jesus calls us to challenge culture, as we talked about last week. And so if we're challenging culture and we're not conforming to it, then we can't serve culture. You cannot serve God and culture. But if we serve culture, then how could we expect to remain in the presence of God? See, Daniel understood that when the law was passed, he had a choice. He could either serve God or he could serve man. He could give in to the commands of God or the commands of the world. And scripture says that when Daniel found out about the law, when Daniel found out that King Darius had signed this law saying that no one was allowed to pray to any god or any other man except for the king, what did he do? He immediately went home and prayed and prayed three times a day just as he had always done. He didn't give in. He didn't conform. Instead, he challenged by taking a stand on his faith. So how do we get to this point, right? If we're going to serve God, how do we get to this point? Because it, it really looks like as we're reading scripture that it was just an easy decision for Daniel to make, to choose to serve God instead of man. There's no in-between narrative of Daniel going and, and doing anything else before he goes home and he prays as soon as he finds out about this law. So how do we get to a point where we don't even second guess following God even when it's unpopular? I think the answer lies within this. If we're going to have unpopular faith, we have to check our priorities. You have to check your priorities. If you want to live a life of service to the Lord, even when it's unpopular, and be at the point where Daniel was, have the type of faith that Daniel had where you don't even second guess it. When people are, are putting you down and persecuting you because of your faith, where you don't even second guess your decision, and your decision is going to always be to serve the Lord, you have to check your priorities. You know, I, I think it's very clear that Daniel's top priority here was serving the Lord and having that relationship with God. And it's, there's no doubt, you're living in the same society, the same world that I live in. It, it's no question that society does not prioritize faith in God. In fact, it puts everything else in the world above you having faith in Jesus. Faith in this world is not a priority, especially faith in Jesus is not a priority of this world. And that shouldn't come as a surprise to us. Just as we talked, the world hated Jesus. And as believers, our relationship with God should be our top and first priority. And so should everything else that goes along with that relationship, going to church, reading scripture, praying, sharing the gospel with others, all of these things should be our top priority. You know, too, 
Too often, I think, as Christians, we struggle with valuing God instead of prioritizing him. I think as Christians, we value God. I think as Christians, we value our relationship with God. But I think you can value something and it not be your priority and it not be your top priority. And so as Christians, I think too often we value God, but we don't prioritize him. And I think we, we value God to the point that we want to spend time with God, but we'll spend time with God if it fits into the rest of the things going on in our schedule. I'll read my Bible if I have time to later. I might not have time to. I might need to go hang out with Becca first. You know, I might need to go hang out with whoever first before I get to that. And if, if I get home, if I'm not too tired, I might read my Bible. Uh, you know, if I'm not too tired before bed, I'll pray. But I might fall asleep mid-prayer. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think we fall into this habit where we want to spend time with God, but only if it fits within our schedule. You know, I always grew up hearing that the way you spend your time reflects your priorities. The way you spend your time reflects your true priorities. We may say that we prioritize God, that our relationship with God is our top priority, but does your time back that up? Does the way you spend your time back that up? Because if your time, the way you're spending your time doesn't back that up, then I'm going to argue that your relationship with God isn't your top priority. If you're spending more time on your phone and on Instagram, and, and you, you go through the whole day doing other things instead of spending time with God, I'm going to argue that those other things take higher priority, at least in that day, than your relationship with God did that day. And for some of us, it may not be a, a, a large-scale problem where we don't prioritize God. You know, for, for a lot of us, we may prioritize God, but we may struggle more with prioritizing him every single day because God shouldn't just be your priority on Sundays. God shouldn't, your relationship with God needs to be your priority every single day. And I think we would all agree that's a, a problem that a lot of people in the world have with Christians is that we go to church on Sunday, God's our priority on Sunday, but Monday through Saturday, it's like he doesn't even exist. He's not our priority. We go to school and he's not our priority, but when we come to youth, then yeah, he'll be our priority there. We have a, a problem with picking and choosing when we want God to be our priority. Instead of just saying, God, you're my top priority, and I'm going to live my life completely devoted to you. Instead of fitting God into our schedule, why aren't we fitting the rest of our schedule in around God? Why is our, our first question when we wake up not, hey, when am I going to spend time with God? Why is that not something that's just built into our daily schedule every day of, I'm spending time with God at this time. And if, if you're spending time with God at 3 p.m. every day, and someone wants to hang out at 3 p.m., why is our response not, hey, I'm sorry, that's my time with God. I'm sorry, I, I'd love to hang out with you, but i got to have my time with God first. I'll hang out with you after. I'll hang out with you before. But 3 p.m., that's my time with God. What are our priorities? Because if we're going to get to a point that we're going to take a stand for God, even when it's unpopular, if we're going to have faith in God, even when it's unpopular, it's got to be our top priority. You're not going to stand up for things that aren't your priority. If you're going to stand up for your faith, if you're going to stand up for God, if you're going to have faith, it's going to have to be your priority. I mean, you just think about anything. You don't fight for things that you don't value. You don't fight for things that aren't your priority. The things that you prioritize in life 
are the things that you care about the most. And it's the things that you spend the most time on. So I'm arguing with, with you and I'm challenging you tonight that if God is going to be our top priority, we've got to back it up with our time. If we're going to have unpopular faith, God has to be our top priority. And it goes back to that question of what is more important to us? Is our relationship with God the most important thing to us? Or is the more important thing receiving approval from the world, from those around us? And for Daniel, it was that relationship with God. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you right now that if you make that decision and say, yeah, God is going to be my top priority. I'm going to care more about God's approval than the approval of those around me. If you're going to make that decision, I'm just going to warn you that it's going to cost you. Because it costs Daniel. I mean, w- when we look at the scripture, uh, Daniel 6, verse 16, Daniel was thrown into the den of lions. So not only did it like sacrifice his comfort, dude could have sacrificed his life for that to be his top priority. Uh, I can't think of anything more scary in that situation than to be thrown into this cage of just angry, hungry lions. But God did protect him as, as we continue to read that story. And so the third thing that I think we have to do, if we're going to have unpopular faith, we have to be willing to sacrifice. You have to be willing to make sacrifices in order to have God as your number one priority. Daniel, again, having God as his top number one priority landed him in the lion's den. And inevitably for us, we're going to have to sacrifice things in our life if we're going to have a full relationship with God, if we're going to follow God and have faith in God, even when it's unpopular. It may be sacrificing popularity. I'm just going to let you know right now, faith is unpopular. If you're going to have faith in God at all times, no matter what circumstances may come around you, you may be faced with sacrificing popularity, sacrificing approval from others. It may be you're going to have to sacrifice a relationship. Maybe it's a friendship. Maybe it's a boyfriend or a girlfriend that isn't healthy, that isn't following God. Maybe you're going to have to sacrifice those relationships that aren't built around Christ because they're not good influences for your faith. Or maybe uh, if you're involved with sports, you might have to sacrifice a starting position in order to make it to church on Wednesdays or Sundays. You you might have to say, look, i got to have my time with God. I'm sorry, I'm going to have to leave practice early. Or if you're in band, you might have to say, hey, I'm going to have to dip out of this practice early. I might not be able to be first chair. You know, whatever it is, I think it all centers back around we're at some point going to have to sacrifice our own desires. You know, I can think back to two really prominent examples in the last probably six months where we've had several students who have had to sacrifice different things in order to prioritize their relationship with God. We had students, in order for them to go on the dive retreat back in February, they had to skip a lacrosse game. And that was just a priority to them. They prioritized going and having that weekend fully with God. And I'm sure that it probably had some slight repercussions for them. I remember talking with a student here about playing soccer. And the student's dad said, look, you can play soccer, but you're going to have to leave practice early on Wednesdays so that you can make it here for church because God is going to be your number one priority. And we may not like that. We may not like sacrificing our own desires, but those are things that are necessary in order for us to make sure that our priorities are in check. You're going to have to be willing to make sacrifices. 
But I'll argue with you that we should be willing to do that because Jesus sacrificed for us. You know, Jesus was willing to sacrifice everything for us. And that's the good news of the gospel, is that Jesus was willing to sacrifice his life for you so that you could have eternal life. So if Jesus was willing to sacrifice his life for our salvation, shouldn't we be willing to sacrifice temporary things for him? Because after all, worldly desires, worldly things, worldly approval is temporary. Now, I talked with our high school students at Firestarters a couple weeks ago. You know, if popularity and approval uh, from the world is something that we're striving for, you're always going to be trying to do the next thing to be approved of. In middle school, you might be popular, but when you go to high school, no one cares if you were popular in middle school. It's a, it's a new school. And when you go to college, no one cares if you were popular in high school. And I'll tell you one thing, when you get in the real world, no one cares if you were popular in college. It just, it doesn't matter. It's temporary. But if we're going to receive approval from the world, it, we're always going to have to do something else, something else. The next thing to keep receiving that approval because it's temporary, it changes. But there's one thing that never changes, and that is the grace and the approval of God for his children. The approval of God for believers. Because the good news of the gospel is, is that when we are in a relationship with Jesus, we are, we are made right with God. We receive his approval when we are in relationship with him. You don't have to do anything to receive the approval of God except for be in relationship with him. God's approval is not dependent on what you do. It's all dependent on what Jesus did for you. And so God approves of you. And he just wants you to be in relationship with him. And as we know, relationships require sacrifice from both people involved in that relationship. And so Jesus sacrificed, sacrificed everything for you. And so we, we have to be willing to sacrifice temporary worldly things for him as well. You know, my hope is, is, is as we've gone through this series, that it's challenged you and it's challenged your faith. And it's challenged you to live out your faith in, in a different way. And, and I hope that, you know, as we've gone through these different types of faith, that you've just seen that God calls us to have faith. That all of these things, they're not different types of faith. They're just different ways that we have to have faith. You know, at the end of the day, having faith is going to require you to believe in miracles for God to do the impossible. It, it's gonna, you're going to think God's asking you to do ridiculous things sometimes. It's all wrapped up under having faith. So my hope is, is that this will challenge you to have faith no matter what circumstances you find yourself in, no matter what you're faced with, that you will have faith and that you will see God do big things in your life. I'll tell you one thing, if you'll just have faith, and, and God tells us if we just have the faith the size of a mustard seed, he will move mountains in our life. We won't move the mountains, God will move the mountains. He just asks us to have faith. And if we have faith, not only will he do big things in our lives, in your life, he'll do big things through your life in the lives of others. So I hope this series has challenged you, uh, and I hope this has challenge you to live out your faith in a whole new way and just giving you a new fresh perspective on what it means to have faith and what it means to find faith in the midst of chaos. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I, I thank you for this night. Lord, I thank you for just this month that we've had to just unpack faith and look at it in, in a different perspective. Lord, I thank you for the way that your word challenges us. Lord, it challenges us to walk with you consistently, even when it's not popular, Lord, your word, you, you challenge us to walk with you. 
Lord, you challenge us to have faith in you even when it's difficult. So, Lord, uh, we admit that in and of ourselves, it's not possible for us to have faith at the hardest times. Lord, we need you and we need your strength. We need your strength to help us have that faith. Lord, when, when it's hard for us, Lord, I pray that you'd come alongside of us and walk with us as I know you so faithfully do. So, Lord, I pray for these students tonight, the ones that are here watching from the church and the ones watching and listening from other places. Lord, I just pray for these students, Lord, that you would empower them to have bold faith. Lord, that you would empower them to have faith no matter what circumstances they face. Lord, that you would just empower them to have strong faith. Lord, that they would choose to make the decision to live life for you and to serve you and to fully serve you in all that they do. Lord, I thank you for the love that you have for each person that is here. Each person, Lord, you love them so deeply. Lord, you made them in your image, and you have called them beautifully and wonderfully made. And so, Lord, we thank you for the blessings and the promises that you, you have for us. And we just ask that you would give us the strength to faithfully walk in obedience to you in all that we do. So, Lord, as we transition to small group, Lord, I pray that you would just open our minds, Lord, open our hearts, Lord, to receive your word. Lord, as we uh, dive into your word and unpack it, Lord, I, I pray that you would help us find ways to live it out, Lord, that it wouldn't just stop with us understanding, but, Lord, we would truly live out your word, live out the gospel, live out our calling to go and make disciples. Lord, help us find new ways to do that. So, Lord, I just pray your blessings over this time. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Hey, everyone. This is Nathan Sell, the youth pastor at Destin United Methodist Church. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. My prayer is that the Lord would use this podcast as an opportunity to speak life into you. I hope all of you know the love that the Lord has for you and that you are experiencing His blessings each and every day. God bless you, and thank you for listening.